Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Alana Enquirer publisher here with you. And boy, we've had a lot to cover over the last week or so after four months of kind of stretching for content or finding content. And I think we've done that in a very creative way here, both on the podcast and especially on the website. Uh, But uh, this past week has been like drinking from a fire hose. Iowa and Kofi are back. Uh, Illinois released its COVID numbers. The Big Ten releases its schedule. We got recruiting stuff going on with Illinois football, adding some transfers here late. And now all of a sudden we start training camp. Oh, and on top of it, Josh Whitman uh, talks to us and Lovey Smith talks to us for the first time in a couple months. And uh, Lovey Smith, we learned more about his football team yesterday. We're going to uh, talk with him pretty much daily. Uh, we'll have some players as well uh, through Zoom calls during training camp. So our training camp coverage, a little bit different and something we're just going to have to uh, accept uh, and uh, understand while we are trying to get football back in an unprecedented time. Uh, so we'll still cover the heck out of what's happening at training camp, what we can learn uh, from training camp and our interactions with these players uh, and coaches via Zoom. But uh, boy, whenever we talk with Josh Whitman, we learn a lot, we hear a lot, and he's always got pretty much a pretty clear message about a lot of things. And boy, do we have a lot to chat about with uh, Josh Whitman uh, this week. He met with us Thursday. We usually do a media roundtable with Josh Whitman every year up in uh, his boardroom, the Illinois boardroom up in Bielefeld Administration Building. And uh, we sit there and he usually has an opening statement and he recaps the year and previews the year ahead. And then we get to ask questions for usually about an hour or so. Well, this Zoom call lasted almost two hours. And Josh Whitman's opening statement in this, which usually can be lengthy, uh, but usually lengthy is about 10, 15 minutes. This time, Josh Whitman spoke for 45, 50 minutes. And he had a lot of ground to cover. He answered a lot of questions in that. And of course, we had a lot of questions after that as well. Uh, So Whitman spoke for about an hour and 45 minutes, close to two hours. And there was a lot to digest there. And while we're kind of getting some of that out on this website now. I want to get on this podcast and uh, talk about it with Gavin Good. And uh, I have to uh, punish myself here and, and call myself out here. I haven't had Gavin Good on the podcast yet here in the Alana Enquirer podcast. And Gavin's been writing for us for almost two years now. And he's turned into a heck of a reporter. Also covers uh, Illinois for Gatehouse News Service. And Gavin uh, does handle some big stories well, some serious stories well. And he's a great feature writer as well. Uh, just proud of of how he's uh, evolved and, and grown as a reporter the last couple of years. And we got into a great conversation about everything Whitman had to say, some of the key points, can't cover all the ground, uh, didn't break down the Illinois State game coming back, but some huge details out of finances uh, throughout this crisis, safety throughout this crisis, and uh, just what he is dealing with as the college athletic director, Big Ten athletic director today. So when we come back, we'll talk about it all with Gavin Good on Enquirer next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back into the Illini Inquirer podcast. And Gavin Good was on the only near two-hour call with Josh Whitman for his State of the Union. It's been a, been a long time. Uh, as it turns out, we've got a lot to talk about. Even for Josh Whitman, Gavin, uh, who I enjoy talking to, uh, I think always has a message, a clear message, uh, answers a lot of our questions when he does talk to us. Uh, a 50-minute almost soliloquy opening statement to start. He had a lot to talk about, you could tell. Yeah, I think State of the Union is a good way to refer to it, even if it's kind of jokingly. There was a lot to unpack in that 50 minutes uh, of his opening statement. And I think as you tweeted, he did answer a lot of our questions before we got to them. Um, and, and he was very thorough. And, you know, it was 50 minutes, but he's pretty easy to listen to also. So you got to give him that. Yeah, and, and he did get into a lot of the, you know, he answered preemptively a lot of the questions we did have. That didn't stop us from asking about an hour's worth of questions and his answers back and forth. Uh, but I thought the, the main thing that we learned or learned a little bit more about um, in this was what you wrote about uh, overnight. It was a detailed piece about the finances of the financial impact of COVID. And we know it's having a huge impact on all these athletic departments. And we'll dive into this a little bit more, but it's a huge reason why they're trying to get back to play. Because while Division One athletics, especially Power 5 athletics, makes a lot of revenue, it also is very expensive uh, to keep up. And Illinois, obviously, is, is not making a lot of profit off this based on the big expenditures Josh Whitman has made. So what stuck out to you most about the details we did get uh, of, from Josh Whitman about the financial picture here? Right. Well, I think right off the top, the biggest thing in kind of the headline, so to speak, is that Illinois is facing at least a revenue shortfall of $20 million. I think it's fair to say that we expect our, our revenues this year to be down at least $20 million. Uh, and I think it very quickly could grow beyond that if we see some meaningful disruption or some uh, dramatic change in our schedules, um, then you know we anticipate that number could grow. Obviously, we don't play football at all. You know, that's a, a whole nother set of variables that we have to to be mindful of. And the key phrase there is at least because it could get way worse depending on whether a football season happens, whether a basketball season happens, um, whether TV revenue changes significantly from um, any possible contract changes uh, depending on what games are able to be played or, and what's not, as well as whether Illinois is able to have any fans at any um, basketball or football game or in something like volleyballs that can be able to have any fans and that brings in some money too. So things are really up in the air, but it was very interesting to get somewhat of a picture of how things are going. And, you know, it doesn't seem like things are going horribly bad because, you know, the, the, the shortfall for the 2019, 20 year, um, they didn't lose too much off of that. That was between two and 4 million Whitman estimated, but Illinois is definitely facing, um, a serious budget situation now, um, especially as you referred to, you know, they have all these projects going on um, that they've raised a ton of money for, but 
not all the money for them yet, it seems. So that's going to be uh, a big priority for Whitman moving forward here while at the same time trying to keep costs down uh, to avoid making further cuts because they've already made, uh, Whitman said they've cut about 20 heads from the DIA uh, staffing so far, which was actually surprising to me. I had no idea about that until he said that. Yeah, seven full-time positions, 11 vacancies unfulfilled, and about eight part-time positions involved with that. And you're right. I mean, last year, the spring obviously hurt revenue. You didn't get the NCAA tournament revenue, all of that. And uh, But that's only 2 to $4 million. It's what lies ahead, right, when you're not able to get – uh, as many fans as normal to a football game. And listen, I know there haven't been that many fans at these football games, but when you are selling thirty five to 40,000 tickets, that's a heck of a lot more revenue than 10 to 12, which they're just hoping for at this point. And, and that's the plan, uh, but that's a lot different. And, and you mentioned it. Illinois Athletics is in a lot of debt. And while most schools are in debt with the facility projects they have, Whitman's aggressiveness with football, with basketball, baseball, softball, um, that was counting on continued revenue, right, and continued growth there. And all of a sudden, they're hit by a pandemic. Uh, Illinois, I believe, is number two in the country in in how much debt service they have right now behind Cal, which is facing uh, a real financial crisis right now. But uh, it's just a bad time when Illinois has all these projects. Not that they're alone. I know Michigan, many other programs have this as well. Uh, But it's just going to be tough for Whitman because you can't just stop you know, some of these projects uh, that have started happening and you still have to pay that debt. So it's basically, they're going to take on this for the long term. This is not just a one year fix. uh, And this is going to be something he said for the least next two or four years, they're, they're probably going to be uh, in the red uh, because of this. And I think that's probably the optimistic way uh, of looking at this, assuming that, you know, 2021, 2022, we're back to normal, right? I mean, we don't know if that's going to be the case quite yet. Yeah. It seems like, you know, we could be on the verge of a pandemic slash spending induced Illini budget crisis sort of here. Um, I think the number Whitman said for Illinois debt was $325 million. And like, Ooh, I quiver at the thought of that. That is, that is a lot of money for a college athletic department to be, um, you know, in the red and away from the black as Whitman referred to it. Um, but it is going to be a multi-year process to, to fix this. He said, he said, Um, You know, I actually was kind of encouraged, I guess, that he said, you know, he was thinking maybe this could be a two to four year impact for Illinois. And, you know, I think Illinois will still be in the red at that point. Like they're not going to be out of debt Mm -hmm. probably um, in two to four years. But if they're back to normal operation and they're bringing in, you know, more and more revenue as they were on pace for with basketball revenues going up 30 percent year over year and football revenues going up, what was it, 26% year over year. Those were great. Those are great statistics for Illinois. And if that keeps happening, um, you know, maybe with the cuts they've made and hopefully not many more, but you'd think if the pandemic stretches on, they're going to have to make some more. Um, You know, hopefully they can kind of make it work um, in this medium term. Yeah, the hope is they can play all their football games, they can get all the TV revenue there, and that they can get fans at these games. But if not, uh, I think you asked the question, Gavin, which is a very fair question. We've seen Stanford uh, cut 11 sports, varsity sports. And while some of those are, aren't ones that people uh, think about too much, I mean, men's volleyball, wrestling, those are pr- some pretty premier sports uh, in college that uh, they had to cut. And uh, Whitman said it's not the plan 
to, to cut sports. I think he'll do everything he can. He basically called it the last lever that we have. But if they're not able to play these football games, if they're not able to uh, get fans into the stands, uh, he didn't take it off the table. And, and while I, I don't think maybe the percentage is very low that that could happen, that's the reality that he faces an athletic director and athletic directors across the country uh, face if this pandemic is, is you know, has worse effects than they had hoped on what the fall looks like. Right. And I think Whitman was careful to not take anything off the table. You know, he even said yesterday that if the NCAA cancels all of Division One championships, he acknowledged that there's a, a possibility, a, a possibility. It doesn't mean that they will seriously look into it, that they will definitely do this, but that the Big Ten or the Power Five conferences might try to do some form of a football season. And, you know, like with Cutting Sports, he said, do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. But, you know, you have to look at everything, all the options available, all the levers available, as he referred to it as. And, you know, I don't blame him because a lot of these programs, you know, Illinois has 21 varsity programs and not many of them make that much revenue. And if if the money's going to keep shrinking and they're going to it's either cut everybody's jobs or cut, you know, a couple sports. I mean, I I don't know. I don't envy him. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah, I don't envy anybody in these uh, decision-making processes right now. But uh, he said, you know, he, he's he's got to make these decisions. That's why he's in the big boy chair here. Um, so, yeah, sports in jeopardy. They have cut travel. You, I don't think you're going to see much of these non-revenue sports traveling very far outside of the Big Ten footprint. We'll see what those schedules look like. I don't think you'll see much non-conference play for most of these sports. Uh, and they're going to quit their international travel for at least a year. Uh, but one of the biggest things... Uh, um, that they were marching forward to, and you talk about adding more debt, they would have done this, is the hockey project. And Whitman said a couple months ago that that is on pause uh, indefinitely, and uh, they were ready to announce a, a hockey program this spring or this summer, and now that is, uh, as Josh said, on the back burner. And I, I think it's possibly in peril, at least for the time being. I, I do think it's something he eventually wants to have, uh, but I would say probably for the next few years. He said the next 12 months. I would probably say for the next few years until they can get out of this and the, the community and, and the local economy can get out of this. Uh, I would say that's not a realistic possibility for the foreseeable future. Right. And I think a lot of fans and, and people of Champaign-Urbana are disappointed for that because I think people were really hopeful Illinois would be launching a hockey program right about now. Um, and I think Josh Whitman definitely hoped to be doing the same right about now. Um but again, he's being a realist. You know, you can't add a hundred million dollars in debt to build this arena and launch this program at this point in good conscience, knowing we're going to be struggling to pay off what we're already in. And he can't just take on all that risk um, right now. And and it really is going to be more than a twelve-month pause, uh, as you alluded alluded to. I think and he kind of alluded to it too. You know, because it's. 12 months he said until they're gonna like they're definitely not making a decision for another 12 months and that um you know they were basically right on the doorstep i think what, what did he say did he did he say doorstep like was that one of his I, quotes I th- about- yeah i think you said he was there they're at the goal line 
right? I think that he kind of used that because before he's used the red zone analogy, and I think that he said they were kind of uh, at the goal line. But it is ridiculous um, to think that he can push forward with creating another very expensive program while he hasn't even discounted the possibility of cutting programs, right? Like, I, I don't think he can be at that point. No, it just, I mean, that's just like beyond unfair yeah. <laughs> uh, to be thinking about adding a, a really expensive program while you have, you know, some much more modest programs that are established and, you know, some of them are doing great things. I mean, all of them are doing great things to varying degrees. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, kind of a, an unfortunate pill that Illinois fans will have to swallow. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least in my book, I would feel good if it helps you prevent cutting any sports. And I, I would feel good about everything as long as no sports get cut from this point on, to be honest. That that as a as a fan, that would be my number one hope. You know, of course you hope that you can play the seasons as well, uh, for for all the sports. But, you know, it's just like the Stanford situation, that's what you want to avoid because that's just eleven sports gone. That's hundreds of college athletes right there. One of my major questions I was going to ask Josh, but he actually answered at the very end of his 45 to 50 minute uh, soliloquy opening statement um, was what is it like to manage both a health crisis, which is the number one priority, but also manage a financial crisis and, and the decision making because those can be counter to each other. Right. And, and think we're all at some point individually, governmentally um, making decisions based on that. Right. Like in, in weighing what is the balance of that? And he admitted that, yes, I mean, their financial decisions have to play a role. Listen, they employ hundreds of people. There are 500 scholarships he is responsible for, and football is responsible for, you know, supplementing the income for all of that, for most of it, right? Football and basketball here. Um, but he also said, I don't like when people assume motives. It was about as testy as you'd see Josh Whitman get. Um, he does think that there's something about allowing these these kids to have their opportunities and he said this is what we do this is this is what we do everybody's trying to get back to doing what they do uh and and we're trying to do it in a way that uh, allows for them to to have confidence and to relax and to do it in a way that um is is representative of what it has ordinarily been for them but if at any point it we learn that we can't and that it becomes too much that the risks are too great, then we'll pull the car. We will pull the car over, you know, and we've made that commitment to them. Just like you and I report, right. Or somebody else does something for a living, or this is their passion. Maybe they have uh, charities they work for. So this is what we do. And we're all trying to find a way to safely do what we do. And if we can't do it safely, we will stop. Right. And, and if, if there are too many risks, we will stop. But we are pushing forward because this is just how we live. This is what we do. And I think, you know, obviously there's some spin there because there is so much at stake financially. But I also agree. I mean, as someone who reports, if I could be if they allowed me a training camp right now, I, I would take that risk and go to training camp because it's uh-huh. what I do. It's what I want to do. And, and I'm willing to assume some of those those risks that can go along with that. I think we're all dealing with that. And I think it's understandable. We have to have this balance of safety risk along with, man, we got to live our lives and we, we have to find a way to, to do it safely if we can do it safely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it, it's tough to present college sports as in anything, as being about anything other than the money in, in a financial crisis right now. And, 
you know, the way that things are going on and, and the debates that they're having. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is like we have our jobs and sports is Whitman's job. You know, college sports is his thing. So if everyone else has tried to go back and, and do their jobs, because what else are you going to do? I mean, he's kind of in a similar situation. What else is he going to do besides try and safely plan um, his job to happen? And all these people, you know, he said three. Yeah, they have about 300 employees that rely on them. And not to mention, you know, there's a an entire CU community that's basically, you know, built around the University of Illinois at the University of Illinois, basically has powered into, you know, one of the only growing metro areas in Illinois. And, you know, athletics are a big part of that. And the people that come to town uh, for football games, the people that come to town for basketball games and, you know, just the there's so much that goes into um, this growing void that is being created by this stoppage. And, you know, Illinois will lose a lot more than just sports um, and those opportunities for the athletes, but will be, you know, very adversely um, affected by these cancellations uh, if and when they happen. You know, it seems inevitable that some things are going to be not normal if a season happens. Yeah, and and you can see Division Three, Division Two are canceled yet, and in some conferences, the Division One level have canceled, but Power Five hasn't. There's a reason, and and money is a big reason behind it. But money matters, right? I mean, it matters to all of us. It makes the world go round here, makes our country uh, go round. So I, right. I I know I know there's a, a dichotomy there, but it's understandable. It's 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 the real world we live in. Yeah, and he addressed that. You know, he addressed at the beginning of his, you know, this isn't just about the money talk. He addressed that to the cynics among us. And, you know, I think it kind of is our job to to represent the cynics among American society and, you know, to ask these questions of, is it about the money? I mean, it's it's our job, too, to point out what is at stake. And, yeah. you know, he said, of, of course, there's a lot at stake financially. Um, but I thought he did do a pretty good job as well of bringing up you know, what it means to athletes and how many of them really do seem to want to do what they do as well. You know, we want to do what we do. Athletes want to do what they want, what they do as well. Um, And, you know, Jake Hansen yesterday, Lovey Smith, they both said they felt very safe. Alex Palczewski, whose mom's an ICU nurse, uh, he said that she feels very safe with him there. Um, And, you know, I, I, I don't know. None of us have all the answers. That's another right. good thing that Whitman pointed out repeatedly. And, you know, I started out my story was with, uh, you know, Josh Whitman said, I don't know a lot. And that's not something he usually really says, although he's never been afraid to admit if he doesn't know something. He, uh, nobody or Josh Whitman, nobody has all the answers right now. I and mean, we're not going to have them for a long time. I wish more people in this world were willing to say, I don't know. I I wish more people were willing to say that, especially uh, right dang now. All right, we come back, uh, Gavin. I want to chat about some of the testing, some of the other topics he hit on. Uh, Social justice was a big one he hit on. And just overall, uh, just what this moment means for college athletics. We'll talk about that next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Josh Whitman did release uh, some numbers on Monday uh, of what testing has looked like so far. 23 positive tests for 164 student-athletes. 12 of those were when they arrived on campus. So that means 11 of those happened over the last two months, many of them in the football program. They said earlier this week only three active cases of this right now. Uh, and I think the biggest part is it doesn't feel like there's been a huge outbreak uh, since there's been one on campus. So these numbers, th- these are bigger numbers than some other Big Ten programs have said, but it doesn't feel like there is uh, one big outbreak. And, and Whitman said, we, we never, never felt like there was a, a surge within the program. You know, we, we always felt like we had our protocols in place. Our student athletes were following their protocols. Uh, we had those 23 positive tests. 12 of them were positive when they got here. So they didn't shut down despite Northwestern shutting down with one test. Uh, I know Rutgers had a lot more, but Michigan state shut down, I believe with six active tests at the same time. Um, so just what do you feel about what women had to say about testing and just how they've handled this from my perspective? Uh, when we talk about bringing sports back and why the motives, all of this, it does feel like Illinois is trying to do as well as possible at mitigating risk uh, and trying to bring it back safely, even if they can't guarantee it. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here yeah. um, with this because Illinois, you know, Northwestern shut down over one positive test in the football program. They, they shut down football workouts and Illinois definitely had <laughs> – more than one positive at one time it's it's yeah. safe to say that and we're we're probably never going to find out you know whether it was three or four guys who were infected we, we won't know how many people had to be quarantined at one time so honestly it's it's hard for me to say you know illinois did a great job they shouldn't have shut down or illinois did a terrible job they should have shut down it definitely seems like it wasn't a rutgers situation um where you're having basically to quarantine the entire team because everybody's been exposed to each other. Right. Um, and I think Michigan state had to quarantine their entire team as well with their outbreak. But, um, you know, it definitely was concerning, but I think that a big thing and Illinois stressed this was that 12 of their 23 tests were in that initial return to campus. And so you have 11 other positives that have developed over the course of, you know, two months now, basically. And that doesn't seem too bad. You know, out of 1,200 tests, you know, I think it was a 1.9% positivity rate. Uh, if you compare that to the rest of America, it's pretty good. If you do compare that to Champaign-Urbana, which has had one of the lower positivity rates and better testing systems in the state uh, for pretty much most of this pandemic, it's actually a little bit higher but, you know, Lovey right away justified that by saying, yeah, it's because these athletes came in from all over the country. They came in from all these places um, with higher infection rates and, you know, with just way more cases and way more exposure to the virus than CU. And I think, honestly, while that is a little bit of, um, you know, spin as well, I think that's a fair point because CU really does have a robust testing system. Mm-hmm. And Illinois possibly has the most robust testing system in the big 10 or will have the most robust system. And I, I know that's kind of going out on a limb to say, because uh, even Whitman was like hesitant to like, he didn't call it the best testing system in the big 10 or anything. He didn't make any big proclamation, but Illinois is going to be doing daily tests and you don't have to do that. You know, the big 10 is only 
twice weekly, I think. And um, which isn't cheap, know, right? I mean, it, it's not no. cheap. To, it's not cheap to do that. And I do think that shows. Well, we the cynic or the skeptic can say, well, it's all about the money. Well, Illinois could have skimped on testing, and and they haven't, right? So it's what five a week every weekday they they take the saliva test, which was produced here at the University of Illinois, uh, two PCR tests as well, and and Whitman said they could be daily saliva tests. So each day they yeah. show up to practice. These football players know if they tested positive the day before, and they have the quarantine set up. So yeah, I mean there could be an outbreak, right? If one person is is Alex Pachewski said one person could screw this all up and um, you know, that could still happen. Um, so it's not a perfect system. It's not foolproof, uh, but they do seem to have the system in place uh, that could mitigate a, a spread. And so far it feels like it's done. That it hasn't stopped a spread, uh, but it has seemed to mitigate uh, an outbreak. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, actually it's, it's not clear whether Illinois every player is getting tested every day right now, but that definitely is about to happen. Right. Women said, um, but it seemed like Jake Hansen had been getting tested every day. Cause he, he told Lauren Tate that yes, every player every day, uh, that is the plan. Um, and that's great because another point that Hansen brought up is anywhere else in the country, you're not getting tested every day. Uh, and Illinois is not in a bubble, but, uh, that is a, a bubble like quality that is something that has been used, you know, the more times you get tested, the more accurate a picture of a spread of a virus you're going to have amongst any population, whether it's student athletes, uh, Champaign-Urbana as a whole, or, you know, I mean, even if you compare Illinois to states where they just do less tests, it seems like Illinois has a, a decent picture of how this thing is spreading here. Um, and like you said, the goal really, sadly, is mitigation and not complete prevention. And I think something that people... You know, I don't, I don't know if people are underrating this, but what I am fearing, honestly, but also thinking is that things are really, really, really going to change when 40,000 students return to campus in three weeks now, uh, including myself. So I'm a little worried there. But uh, yeah, like at, Lovey Smith admitted this too. It's different trying to protect these guys now, even if they are getting tested every day. Um, and have been training for a while than it will be when a massive student body returns to, you know, a few square miles of places to live and uh, classes begin. Yeah. And not just classes, as you know, I was in a fraternity. I, I was a, I was a 19 year old selfish before who could get into bars. Um, you know, there's going to be some kids who just, you know, don't do it as right. Right. Or, or don't think about others or or just I'm invincible. Right. And the football players from the freshman who just arrived on campus and wants to have fun uh, to the senior who's just like, I'm going to do what it takes for the next three months uh, to make sure I play and that I have the opportunity to show myself to the NFL or we can make back to back bowl games or whatever it is. Um, you can't have slip ups and that's going to be very difficult. Uh, to account for on a, a team that has a hundred plus players uh, with staff members, you know, 50 what staff members, something like that. Uh, and then, yeah, you're just intermixing with tens of thousands of people in this small space. I mean, university of Illinois is big campus, but it's a pretty small space for that many people in central Illinois. Uh, that could change a lot. It could change a lot for Champaign-Urbana too. I, I mean, that's, that's, what's going to be very interesting to see across the country, across the big 10, which has done pretty well. Uh, but especially 
here at Illinois. That That's the big concern is if it was just all the students are off campus and it's just Illinois football in this bubble, I think they could pull this off. Uh, what what uh, is, is the concern is when you get all these other people involved. Yeah, and as you said, you know, there might be slip-ups, and I think there have already been slip-ups because, I mean, well, one, I've, I lived on campus all summer, and while I didn't go outside very often and wore my mask when I did, can't say the same about everybody else. And I know who a lot of student athletes are and what they look like when they walk down the street. But um, I think that's obviously going to change when the student body gets back. And it seems like Illinois has, you know, maybe learned some lessons isn't the right way to phrase it. But it seems like with the positives they now have had on campus, uh, you would think it's really been shown to um, student athletes how the individual risks they take really factor into the overall equation, not just for their team, but for other teams, not just for them, but for their roommates and not just for uh, Illinois athletics, but also for the Champaign-Urbana community, um, which, you know, to varying extents is worried about all these people all these students returning um, more so than, you know, athletes getting the virus, but um, there very likely is going to be a lot of transmission of the virus in a few weeks that isn't going on right now. And, you know, whether or not Illinois athletes choose to partake uh, in student life uh, to whatever extent they do, I mean, their risk is going to be increased significantly and, you know, everybody's is. Yeah, and then Whitman played. People asked him hypotheticals about the season. I don't even think are worth it at this point. But there are so many hypotheticals that that you could go through of how does that impact a season that. And a month from now, I think we'll figure out and we'll probably see some of those things like we've seen uh, with Major League Baseball here that is not in a bubble as well. Uh, but Major League Baseball, those players aren't on a campus of forty thousand, so that's that's what's going to be a little bit different. All right, before we wrap up here, uh, Gavin. Overall, I mean, he had on social justice. He had on NCAA issues. Uh, he just said this is a huge inflection point uh, for college athletics. Everything that is going on here, the player empowerment uh, era, and he, and he is glad to see that, he said. Um, this just makes it an interesting time to be at the table uh, of college athletics, but he said he's embracing it. But it will be interesting. Uh, we didn't dive into it too much yesterday with him. You know, Power Five conferences, I think, are going to play football no matter what. No matter what the NCAA says, I think they're playing football because they have to. And I think you're starting to see the NCAA's lack of power involved in all of this and that the Power Five, the Autonomous Five, definitely operates uh, in a different, you know, different vacuum uh, than, than the rest of college athletics. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting because people have always floated the idea of what happens if all these guys just decide to up and leave? Well, nothing puts you in that position faster than uh, a pandemic when you have all these TV contracts that are hefty and you want to cash in on those and you want to distribute your money to your schools that are all now hurting financially. Um, yeah, the Big Ten wants to play. Everybody wants to play. You know, the SEC wants to play. Um, and it's it's, it's comforting to, to think that Illinois has an athletic director who's very conscious of the power dynamics that are unfolding right now. Um, and as you mentioned, Josh Whitman took a lot of time um, out yesterday to talk about issues of social justice, which I think um, shows his recognizance of the growing power of players in college athletics and this uh, inflection point of, you know, 
we're starting to see some some player organization and player unity. And Whitman's definitely for that. Um, and I think that, you know, that sort of thing makes things even more interesting with all of this too. Because it's like, if the NCAA tells player uh, tells everybody, oh, we can't do this thing, but the Power Five conferences want to go ahead, well, you've already seen with the Pac-12, you know, these players are tired of being left out from the table. And I think that uh, the Big Ten players – you know, they, they put out their own thing to a lesser extent than the Pac-12 yeah. a little bit. They didn't, you know, really say we're not going to play. But, um, you know, I think I would warn Power Five conferences in that uh, situation, if it does happen, you know, better make sure the players are happy. Because if they're not, they're going to do something about it these days. And it feels like Josh Whitman has been very open with his dialogue. Yeah. He, he said, you know, at first, and I, I'm this way too. He said, at first, you know, I heard their problems. I just want to fix them. And, and that's how I am as a person. Like I hear a problem, I want to fix it. But he said, I just had to listen. And, and then he said, I realized my voice matters. And, and this time I learned that my voice really matters. And that, that the people I care about want to hear from me. And, and they want to hear from me in, in private settings. And they want to hear from me in public settings. And, and that was critical uh, to them. Because it took a while for Whitman and Lovey Smith to kind of say something publicly. And you saw some rumblings on Twitter from players like, hey, we want to yeah. hear from from our guys too. And, and Whitman said, I, I learned the power that my voice matters to them. And I, and I need to say things uh, that I feel are right. And it feels like the dialogue between him and parents has been good throughout the COVID pandemic. Uh, feels like, you know, you see Josh and Matt Torbebe, some other players, Doug Kramer voicing, hey, our AD's got our back. Um, things like that. The best AD in the business. Yeah, Rayvon Bonner has talked about Lovey and, and Whitman have been very supportive of him opting out. Um, so I, I think that's important to just have that dialogue where these players feel heard. Um, whether they agree completely on issues, whatever, uh, these players feel like they have the avenue to be heard by the guy in charge of their athletic department. Yeah, and they've had definitely, you know, inarguably a lot of dialogue because Whitman said that the number was 17 um, conferences, you know, virtual conferences with just all the student athletes throughout this time and, and their families are invited to those. And he said there'd been between on average 200 and 300 participants in those. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of student athletes. There's over 500 on scholarship, but that seems pretty good, you know, for, for as, as far as keeping a dialogue open, being transparent and communicating, you know, the priorities, which he always says, you know, number one is their safety. And he says they always start and end those meetings with that. So definitely, um, Communication seems to be a strong point for Josh Whitman. And it seems like, you know, even though, you know, there was the Eifler thing and, you know, there have been some comments on social media from players that, you know, have voice like maybe want to hear more or, you know, what's the deal with this? Uh, it does seem like overall, you know, things are in a, a pretty solid uh, unified place among uh the DIA and Illinois athletes. It feels like it's a healthy relationship, yeah. at, at least at this point. Um, overall, you know, usually the state of the union when we have this media roundtable, Gavin, is, all right, here's what happened last year, and this is the good that happened. Here's what we're hoping for for next year. Of course, the next year is just a big cloud, right? But this past year, Whitman was talking about, we took every step you know, that we hoped we would take. Obviously, they want to win more than six football games. They wish they would have had an NCAA tournament. 
but his two huge programs took significant steps forward and revenue went up. All these things, it feels like everything was pointing in the right direction towards 2020 and this football year is going to be the true evaluation. And this is the best roster Lovey Smith has had. You have the best non-conference schedule you've had in a long time. You're going to build upon it, right? Basketball, Iowa and Kofi are back. You're a Final Four contender. You're a Big Ten title contender. But all of that, all those gains are clouded right now um, for Illinois. So just as you are, you're making this trek, and it doesn't mean everything is going to stop on the field or on the court, but everything is you know, kind of this cloud over financially, you know, whether games will be played with COVID. So it's just a very interesting place for Josh Whitman to be. The timing, uh, you know, of COVID happens right as the rise of this program um, seems to be taken off. And he did say, you know, he's never been more wrapped up in his work than now. You know, he said he's never been more conscious of, of how important it is and the effect it has on so many people. And I think that's, uh, you know, Josh, Josh Whitman's very self-aware, and I think that's one of his strengths. Um, and I think he's using that pretty well uh, in recent times, for sure. And I think that, you know, it, these are tough times for Illinois, regardless of the year you had last year. You know, they're, they're also coming off of their, their third straight year of over $40 million in donations given. And, and that's a streak that they have, haven't ever had, you know, three straight years of that. Um and, you know, actually, I was looking at uh, their donations, and it was only about $21 million in 2017, which that's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But there's a huge jump between that and raking in over $40 million every year. I mean, that's like the difference between, you know, the Ohio States and the Michigans of the world versus not. I, I don't know how much Ohio State and Michigan. Probably way more, actually. But that really is a lot of money to be bringing in every year. And if Illinois, you know, can sustain that, through this pandemic or, you know, just keep moving forward financially in a, in a solid direction um, and, and keep this base of donors. Um, and it really seems like they've, they've got a lot of, you know, people eager and willing to help and, and who believe in the vision that Whitman has for Illinois athletics. Um, you know, things could be okay. Yeah. I think based on the returns you had last year and just based on, you said his self-awareness, um, his ability to connect with people, whether it's student athletes or donors or coaches. Um, I think Illinois has got to feel comfortable, you know, after hearing two more hours from yesterday about the guy leading the ship right now. Right. I know people in that athletic department are and to lead them through stormy waters. I feel like they feel good about the captain at the helm of the ship. Absolutely. And, you know, Whitman feels good about all the rest of the crew because he, he took time. He took, I don't know how many minutes it was shouting out everybody in the department, but he shouted out everybody, you know, from the people who were trying to come up with the safety measures to the people who were communicating with athletes. Like there's a lot going into this. And to the facilities people, right? To the people cleaning yeah. the, 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 the facilities at their place. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a robust you know, system that is, that went from operating at full capacity and doing really well to completely shutting down to, you know, kind of running virtually for a little while and now is slowly trying to get back on its feet. And it's a, it's a hefty operation. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think you have to feel pretty solid about the guy calling the shots right now. You throw all that into a big pot, you stir it together, and that's college athletics today. Uh, and, and that is a lot, you know, and, and what I will say is 
like anything else, life sometimes is a question of perspective. And so we can sit here and say, well, that's, that's a whole lot of challenge. Or we can flip it around and we can say that's a whole lot of opportunity. And what I will tell you is that I've never been prouder or more excited to be in this role at this place at this time. Uh, to have a seat at the big table uh, at the, as a part of the Big Ten, to have a voice, to shape policy, to chart a course, not just for fighting Illini athletics, not just for the Big Ten, but for all of college athletics. That's something that um, makes me feel tremendous responsibility, uh, but also gets me excited to get out of bed every morning. Well, Gavin, we didn't go quite as long as Josh Whitman, but uh, there was a lot to, to digest from that. And I joked about this at the beginning of the podcast. It's, you know, we were stretching for content for so long, then all of a sudden we get the fire hose from Illinois over the last week. But uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens next. Oh, absolutely. Bring on the fire hose. Let's go. <laughs> The last group I want to mention are our public, the fans, the donors, our partners. Um, people have been just remarkable uh, throughout this entire experience. They have continued to be unwavering in their support. I, I can't tell you the number of emails I've received, voicemails, text messages, uh, comments on social media, people who have reached out for no reason whatsoever other than to say, hey, I, I know you're going through a hard time. I can only imagine how difficult this must be. And I just want you to know we're, we're behind you. We support you. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie that those messages have meant the world. You know, there have been some, some really hard moments over these last four months. And, you know, you find strength and inspiration where you, where you can, where you can locate it. And sometimes that comes when I walk downstairs and I see my three-year-old and my two-year-old. Sometimes it comes from conversations I have with colleagues within the athletic program. Sometimes it comes from people I've never even met. Uh, and there have been so many people who I never have met who have uh, reached out completely unprompted and, uh, and said some really special things over these last few months. And I haven't always been in a position to respond individually to them, but I hope all of them know how much I appreciate that. There was a lot of ground to cover, and uh, thank you to Josh Whitman for covering it with us and taking the time for that. I think it's important for you fans to hear some of those things and know uh, how the Illini Athletics Program is making it through this and uh, maybe a little bit about what the future uh, holds for them as well. As always, appreciate you listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. If you don't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. And check out the latest for Illinois football camp and the latest with Illinois basketball as it gears up for a huge season ahead as well hopefully at Illini Inquire and don't forget this whole month in celebration of 24-7 Sports 10th birthday you can get 50% off a VIP subscription to Illini Inquire an annual subscription the first year 50% off that's $50 savings sign up today at IlliniInquire.com everybody have a good day we'll chat to you next time on the Illini Inquire podcast <laughs>